This episode is sponsored by Bigger City. Thank you so much for supporting us and helping our show to grow. Hello and welcome back to the Big Fat Gay Podcast Valentine's Day Special Part 2. We haven't titled this episode yet, but whatever the title is, we're in Part 2. If you're just tuning in on Wednesday and you're like, what the hell? Uh, Part 1 released yesterday. Go back and catch that first and then come back because there's lots of good stuff in the first part of this. And we're diving right back into questions about relationships, sex, and dating, Valentine's Day related. Maybe we'll help steam up your Valentine's Day. Who knows? If you listen to this... Uh, before you have your your special date planned, um, I think the picker. Are we back on me again? Is it? Am I the picker again? Yes. Okay. So okay, this is very exciting. Um, uh, let's do sex. Okay. I the, do. You guys ever? <laughs> I love this. Michael, one. do you do you guys ever? <laughs> do you guys ever get bruises from fold fucking? Any tips on how to avoid them? Sometimes it can be a very sensitive area. So. I will speak to as I don't know the someone with folds and sensitive skin and pro, who's prone to bruising. I have not experienced bruising. Yeah, I, that'd be hard to do. I've had um like kind of chafing and irritation from lube. Um, I have had bruising other lots of other places <laughs> from um uh, See, just, part one for details. Yeah, um, ex, uh, excited squeezing. And just um, Let's just go with blanket and, enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah handling. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, <laughs> once on my face. Oh my god! Uh, what? Uh, like, uh, I just know like this somebody grabbing, grabbing your face. Are you yes. bringing the Hulk, Trevor? Is that what's <laughs> no, going on it, here? It was a very, oh, Don. No, no, come on. <laughs> it was. It was Hulk's a heat, <laughs> It was a heated uh, moment, and just I. I am very prone to bruising. I am like a peach. Um, I actually uh, one giant peach emoji. Yeah. He's my little tubby peach. Yes, um, it's uh, I'm full of juice, and uh, you got to be careful. Um, I'm curious if this person just has concerns or if they've experienced bruising. If you do, I feel like there's a lot of things, but also you could maybe be a little anemic, and maybe just are like if that is causing if fold fucking is causing bruising. I would, from like, like I said, for someone who bruises easily, I have not experienced that. So it would take I, unless a lot. you're talking about a dildo, something really hard, and I, I, th- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Dan, you remember what it's like when you were 20. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty equipped now, and you know, maybe it's just my technique, I, but. <laughs> I will jump in and say the only thing I can think of here is the angle at which the fold fucking is happening. So, like, I think depending on the, you know, if it's a chaser or another chub or whoever, whoever's doing the fucking part, if they're going in line with the fold, I feel like that's perhaps a more pleasurable experience for both people, I would, I would guess. And then also less, but if you're going across it, like vertically, uh, like if you're trying to kind of stay in line with like a missionary position, that could present a lot of extra pressure and oh. poking that could that could cause some bruising. And you know, basically, whoever's doing it might need to realign themselves a little bit. Yeah, I think this is the only way I can I can imagine it. If if a fat guy doesn't have a really big overhang and the chaser is determined to fuck the belly oh. straight on. Uh, then I yeah. can see, yeah, that could be, if not bruising, certainly not terribly comfortable. Because you're right, Michael, it has to follow the line of the fold. Mm-hmm. And if they're trying to do that, uh, I mean, anyway. Um, I also think Trevor's point is well taken about the lubrication. Um, for me personally, uh, water-based lubricants do not work because they turn into maple syrup almost instantly. And they're just sticky and they create and they create more friction and they're just, they're, Uh, so I far prefer a silicone lube. Um, But I think, Michael, you cracked it. I think it's, it's the direction relative to the fold. Yeah. And friction, I think also play like if, if, yeah, if the lube dries up or if you're not using any, please, (laughs) please change that. Oh God, Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, friction plays a huge part. Uh, Spit is you not your using... superpower. <laughs> <laughs> Precum only gets you so far. Oh, yeah. 
which is to say not very far. Yeah. <laughs> and it's sticky. Mm-hmm. Um, um, okay. And Don, any, yeah. any advice for this person? <laughs> I, I have no advice here. <laughs> well, so hopefully that's helpful. Uh, if not, write us back and tell us, tell us more. So maybe we can help you better. Um, Don, what do we got next? Let's see. Uh, on our dating list, can you address that no means no? Uh, if I don't want to cam or send nudes, one no is enough. I'm I'm curious if you chaser guys have to deal with this as much as we do on on like bigger city and the other apps. Like I I have to say no probably two or three times to some guys if I keep talking to them after that decline. You know? I think it I think it is definitely tends to be more of a chub thing. I definitely think it's because chubs are perceived as being more submissive or less definitive for some reason. Uh, I don't think it's accurate. I think it perceived that way by a lot of chasers. And there's just a lot of jerky guys who are like, you know, <laughs> no is just a pre a prelude to yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Or like, <laughs> you know, I, well, I got to chase him. Like I've got to wear him down. I, I have feels... a, which, you know, a lot of people, both in both and all genders tend to do this. I have run into this so many times. I had a chub say to me, well, you only asked me once. You oh know, my like God. yeah, yeah. Um, no, my, but that's a result I, of damage. That's a result what, no. of damage. Like, no, I that's societal. Think, that's we, societal. every movie we've ever watched. Any rom-com anyone's ever yeah. watched, it is always about wear them down until they say yes. Yeah. Every time. That's pretty. Oh, I yes. just watched oh, yes. um, yeah. Crazy Stupid Love. Uh, rewatched it after the first, you know, when it first came out in like the mid-teens, and I was like, oh, this is fun and cute and whatever. And I rewatched, and I was like this is so problematic. This, I don't know if you guys have seen this movie, but the kid in the movie, the like 14 year old, like he's the hopeless romantic. He's kind of the heart and soul of the movie. Cause he's, you know, in love with this girl who's like 18 and he's trying to get her, but she's not interested. And the whole point of the movie is never give up. Never which give means up. means no you, is not no. It means no is maybe. Like, yeah. And we, it's maybe, really problematic. I feel like I, we maybe talked about this recently. Cause I feel like you cited that. And I also, it, I, I, I think got really about, up about um, it. <laughs> uh, watching Superstore with, and the character of Glenn says he asked his wife out every day for a year until we did, she said yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah you did uh, But I mean, here's a real life example. I don't know if I told this before, but you know, my former personal trainer uh, who is a smoking hot woman in her early 20s, or I should say mid 20s, smoking hot. And she said point blank she was point blank she was turned off by a guy because he didn't actively pursue her he only asked once and she was non-committal and then he went away so that wasn't the guy for her right and all of this <laughs> to say that the writer slash listener is correct no mm -hmm. means no yeah and societally we have just been i think kind of terribly programmed to think that no is just a pause until you can get a yes. Yeah. And, I, and that's not how it should be. I think there's a lot of, I, I won't say it's just chasers, encouragers, but I think it's uh, across the spectrum. There's a lot of like stray cat behavior mm. <laughs> where it is I don't know just, what you mean, but I also know exactly what yes, you mean. <laughs> where, where it's like, so like if you do cave and like, okay, okay, here, I'll cam, whatever. It's like more. I can't like, yeah. just like they're, right. they're still just there like more like, like I, you give them like picks it's like i want more picks it's like i just gave yeah. you picks yeah. what are you oh, outside? they're outside so yep. and it's What's like i just gave you picks what do you want from me it's like yeah. more and yeah. so my solution to this it occasionally happens to me but i think you're right don it happens far more to chubs and that whole like harassment thing i think there has to be consequences uh, because if they've learned that it works, like the stray cat, I love that yeah. analogy. If you know stray cat does it because it works, and I think that if you if you say no and they ask again, I think you can say like I said no. If you want this to continue, you need to stop asking. They might have a little fit, like oh well, I didn't mean to. I don't know. They might have a little fit, but you know that's telling, and you don't need to talk to this person any further, um, or they'll stop it. But it, there has to be a reason it doesn't work or else you're showing them that it works. Well, and I think that's important because I think there are, there's a lot of profiles. I think people know where they create a profile and they just have a lot of bad behavior with everyone. And I think they get blocked by a certain amount of people and they delete their profile and recreate their profile. Mm -hmm. And 
do the same behavior mm-hmm. and it is not getting interrupted. But I also like, I don't think anyone should have to take that on, but yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's the reason there's people who, you know, trap the straight cats <laughs> to take them to the vet and get them checked out and get them, get them into a home. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying that, you know, sometimes you do have to hit someone with a rolled up newspaper and just go, no, very strong. Yeah. And, and you don't have to explain it. Um, it does happen to me occasionally where people are like, oh, you got any private picture? And I just say, uh, I just say, no, I don't have those pics. And usually that's enough because I'm me, but in the occasion where it's not, I just stop responding. Right. How about, how about the faceless profile? Like I will, I, I will not ask for nudes, but I will ask for a face. Oh, and is that as rude? Is, is that as rude? Is that's what I'm asking? Cause I'm like, not, I'll be pretty insistent. No, if you're not showing me so. your face, I'm not talking with you. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't think so. No, or I'll say like, you know, or like the stats have interest me, like the height weight has interest me. And I'll say mm-hmm. something like, um, wow, I really like I really like your stats. I look forward to your posting a complete profile. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that's I th- the only way that I run into this that I remember, at least in, you know, recent memory, is is more along the lines of like like my profile in Bigger City is not to find hookups. It's just to be part of the community. And I have that written in my profile. And I even added recently that I don't respond to flirts. Like, but if you want to send me a message, I'd you know, love to talk. And a lot of people either don't read that or don't, they ignore it. And they're just like, you know, so-and-so has unlocked their profile for you, whatever. And I, I just ignore it. I just, mm-hmm. that, cause it's just fundamentally not what I'm looking for, mm-hmm. which I think is not quite what this listener is talking about. Um, and that, but to answer the question that Don asked, like, that's the only time that I really run into it. I think it also partially helps that I'm just like in 99% of cases, I'm like genuinely not interested (laughs) in like, look, we can talk. I really, I have no interest in taking this any other direction. Dan, what is our next question? Um, I find this intriguing and this is such a loaded question. This is a dating question. And uh, our listener writes, can you get over someone that you find is too skinny as a chub, especially if you like other aspects of them? This is such a third rail topic. Wait, so <sighs> just to be clear, because this is worded a little strangely. It is How ambiguous. are you reading yeah. this? Yeah, I, yeah. I want to make sure I'm clear on this. Right. So this could be, I'll just, for the listeners who don't see how it could be ambiguous, it, it's possible that the chaser is too skinny or it's possible that the chub is too skinny. There's two ways to read that. My understanding, because this was from Instagram, is that this is a chaser asking about, like, what do you do if you're, like, the chub's too skinny? Well, it says too skinny as a chub. But is he the chub or is the skinny the chub? But it could be as a chub how you'd get over someone who's too skinny. But that seems a little less likely. Like, (laughs) that to me is how it reads, but I think that's less likely to actually be the case. I I don't (laughs) entirely agree. I I have been with guys where I've been like, oh, you are too small. Like, I'm going to hurt you. Or, like, like, I hear that a lot. Like, my pedophilia worries. Like, you look like a child. No. I I have heard that a lot from chubs. Yeah. That this chaser is too skinny. Uh, And I've heard from a lot of chasers that they get that response. So, uh, Mm. I'm not sure where we are here. However, let's do both. Let's do both. Let's do both. (laughs) We can do both. It's so, a reverse question. It goes the, both ways. For the chasers <laughs> asking this question about like when the chub's too skinny, I my inclination is just like the rolled up newspaper, just like stop it. Like I I understand, but just like I don't like you, there's yeah, it, people contain nuances and this is a complex thing, but also it's like I, I think what I would put in there to to expand on that is yes, you're allowed to think that, but there is absolutely no point in saying that. Yes. Right. Like you can't, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go, I don't think this is what this listener is grappling with necessarily, but I wouldn't go like, you know, I really like your personality, but you're, you're too skinny for me. Like that, that's, that's a tough. Well, and, and, and here's the thing. If, if for either, it doesn't matter, chub or chaser, if the person is to something physically, either that's not a problem, but it surprises you that it isn't, or it is a problem and you don't need to have a sexual relationship as the foreground of this relationship. Mm-hmm. And now you have a friend. You don't have to give them up. What turns into trouble is when they want to have a more sexual relationship and you're not feeling it. Mm-hmm. And that's, but that's right. true of, and that's true of humanity. There's lots of situations. It doesn't yeah. matter. Chub or chaser. That's so it doesn't not matter. unique to the chub chaser. It world. has nothing to do yeah. with chub chaser. That's just someone's yeah. more into you than you're into them. 
And as as Dan has said in the past Tell before, all this time. <laughs> don't date the potential. Don't also. date the potential. Like if you if they're a little too skinny for you and you're not maybe not as physically attractive, but you really love the personality, and you're like, well, maybe they would like, I don't know, like if they get older, they might gain some weight and then that would be great. No, uh, no, stop mm, that. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, yeah not, and, it, and absolutely do not talk about it in terms of a recommendation. Well, you know, maybe if you went to the gym, to the no, gym or, you know, well, maybe if you gained a few pounds to the gym. No, no, that is not welcome. That is not useful. Stop. Yeah, it's, it's unhelpful. It's yeah. Toxic. The other side too, like, yeah, if the, if the chaser just hit the gym a little bit, they, you know, maybe I'd see some more muscle toning. They bulk up a little bit. Ugh, no, that's don't make anyone wrong for the body they have. No, it's just like mm-hmm. their baseline. And if you want to do it for you, you want to go to the gym because you'd like to be more muscular. You want to lose weight. You want to gain weight. That's fine. True. I'm all in favor of you doing mm-hmm. it for you. But here's the thing. And I, t- I say this over and over again. When you are cool with your body, when you are at home and comfortable with your body, the right people will show up to appreciate that. If you are uncomfortable with your body, you will attract other people who have a problem with your body and Mm -hmm. you'll never be the right size and you'll never be the right weight and you'll never be the right whatever. I think that's really easily pictured just from, I get from the chaser side of things. Like if I see somebody's profile picture and it's, you know, they have like really, really dark baggy clothing on. I instantly, I know like, okay, there's a certain degree of discomfort and hiding in your own skin. It's subconscious. I'm not going to like, you know, make a conversation out of it. It's just like subconsciously, I understand there's still, you know. And and Chubbs, Chubbs, listen to that because this works for you too. Yes. Mm -hmm. And likewise. When you are looking at a chaser's picture, if they're wearing clothes that conceal their body entirely, if they're, you know, if they're. Pro, their pictures are always with women that's like that's always something that makes me a little nervous like this looks like mm. a girlfriend picture like well and yeah why why you know? is why are other people in your personal ad that's weird no yeah, but yeah. the other thing the other thing too is what it will attract if you're if you're doing the dumpy clothing thing to sort of hide your body hide how you're coming through it will distance the people who want to have like a, a, a positive relationship with you and your body but it will also encourage the people who are like who, who are more predatory, who are like, oh, that's a, that's a self-hating chub. I love those because mm-hmm. I can do anything and get away with it. Oh, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a mm-hmm. lot of the other side of the tracks thing. You are all, you know, the people who say, why do I always attract the wrong people? Uh, look at your ad. Um, I feel like a good segue from this question where Dan ended it is, um, how do you make your profile more attractive to chasers on the apps? Luck, I has none. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm all over this. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. first of all is you cannot approach it from what do chasers want? Therefore, how should I package myself? That will never work. That will only create yeah. a mismatch because you're not that. The, mm-hmm. the most successful app, the most successful ad you can have is one that presents you how you feel you're your best. Because then yeah. you will attract someone who values that. Yeah. You don't want to attract the people who don't value that. Yeah, fully agree with that. It's it, it, there. I mean, I get on one level. There's like, well, I, you know, I like who I am, and I want to put myself out there and present myself in the best possible light, and that's one thing. But if if you're filtering it through, okay, well, I want a chaser, and so I got to be what the chaser wants me to be. That Ugh. gets very dicey. Mm-hmm. No, um, no. How do you make your profile more attractive? I, I think just you know, wear clothing that you like and that you feel comfortable in that, that you feel like flatters your body. Um, just as a baseline, I mean, of course you could go shirtless, but I think that sends a certain kind of message as far as what your profile is meant for. Um, which could be fine again, if you just want to, you know, hook up with people, that's fine. What I hear a lot of is, you know, I don't know why all these guys talk about fucking my ass on the first line of their, of their message to me. I'm like, well, it might be because all of your pictures are your anus. <laughs> it might be because you have no face pics, six butt shots, and five of them feature your anus. It might be that. <laughs> it's how you're communicating, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think, um, I, I, I'm shocked at the number of pictures where the person's main picture on their profile is them looking miserable. Mm-hmm. And I don't yeah. know right. if it's right. a... Oh what God. is up with that? <laughs> Like, I don't know if it's that, like, I am, I'm curious. I would love to know, like, did you take this and like, wow, this is a great pick. This is, this is Mm-mm. the profile pick. 
Or it's like, I just have to have a pro. I'm tired of being alone. I'm taking a picture. This is my profile picture. There, see, I dare you. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. To, to, to just hammer the point home, I, I would say, the again, the effort you put into your profile picture shows in the picture. If you just are like, <laughs> uh, okay, fine. And you pull out your phone and snap a selfie in your dimly lit office, it's it's going to look like you didn't give a shit. Go out, get a haircut, clean yourself up daytime, beautiful sunlight in the background, like do something that makes you feel good and fresh and clean and, and perfect. That makes you feel like at you're at your best and then mm-hmm. take the picture. And, and to, you know, to call back to what I said before, if you feel that's too much work because you are a sour, somber, fuck this shit individual. And therefore that is the picture you want to present. Then the people who are going to respond to that are the people who are going to want that. Yeah. And I don't, and I, you know, yeah. they, they, <laughs> Guess what? Guess who you're going to attract? They're going to continue to reinforce that for you. And yeah. if that's if you want somebody to make you feel terrible, well, good. You're going to get that. <laughs> um, and one last note, your profile, your profile, the text is not a place for vendettas and it's oh, not a place to complain. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Negativity in profiles is probably the biggest turnoff for most people. And you know, the declaration of like, well, here we try again. Oh, One God. more try. Oh, Fuck you. No, I no, I'm done. I'm out. I'm already out. The, yeah. the rest of what you write no longer matters. You know, there is a straight male gainer on Tumblr and he ended up in a relationship and somebody wrote, gosh, you know, the female feeder is like the unicorn of the chub world, right? The, the, fit athletic woman who is looking for a fat man who's getting fatter. That is kind of a unicorn thing. At least that's the perception. And so somebody wrote this guy and said, like, how did you land this babe? And you know what he said? He said exactly what Don said. He said, uh, you know, I stopped writing these posts on Tumblr about how miserable I was, about you know, talking about how this is terrible and I wish and and I'm and fuck this app. And <laughs> like he said, I stopped doing that. And it mm-hmm. completely changed my world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any fi- Also, I, I guess a final thing, just I haven't experienced this as much myself, but I have friends who are on apps and, you know, are, are very tuned into like all of that stuff. And I get screenshots of all of the horror stories <laughs> <laughs> that come through in messages. And so sometimes the answer is just like, there are garbage people out there who are going to be garbage and you got to try and just kind of filter that stuff out yeah Yeah. like sometimes it's not a reflection on you sometimes it's just that's that person and it has nothing to do with you Mm -hmm. all right well uh hopefully that's helpful if you have more specific questions uh as far as like oh maybe it's the picture maybe it's whatever uh, let us know but i think we covered it pretty nicely uh what else oh sex okay i had a bad experience expressing admiration for a guy's size in bed what are some good ways to tell how comfortable a chub is with their body and what language is safe to use and what's not? Which obviously this is kind of the nightmare scenario where you get all the way to the point that you're both in the most vulnerable state and you say something and you accidentally slime them or yeah. they slime you in their response and everyone's feeling slimed and not in a good sexy <laughs> slimy way, but in, a, in an emotionally <laughs> slimy way. Uh. <laughs> this Sorry, I'm, I'm starting to realize the full extent of what that sounded like. <laughs> uh, and then we're into snail sex. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, so the, the key here, I think, is you got to listen. Listen to how the other person talks about it. And it, it may not be what you expect. For example, if the person on the date never, or in your chats, if they never say the word fat, you want to be careful how you use it. If they're always saying big, oh yeah, I'm really, I'm much bigger now. Or I, you know, or, and what do they say? Do they say like, oh, I wish I weren't this big. Do they feel like, well, I'm this big now. Do they see it as resignation? Do they see it as Mm -hmm. uh, maybe excitement, but see how they relate to their body in the way they talk about their, their daily experience. Mm -hmm. What words do they use? Do they say chubby? Do they say fluffy? Um, Mm. is it a cute, is it cute, funny thing? Do they say fat? Like there's no problem with it. Listen for how they describe, listen for the vocabulary, listen for what they talk about, how intimate they talk 
Do they, do they say, well, you know, my fat pad, blah, blah, blah. Or do they say, well, you know, sometimes down there I have this, you know, it's, it, listen for that degree in their language, their language will, res- will reflect what's going to happen later. And, and to add on to that also, uh, touch on a day-to-day basis outside of a sexual interaction. Like if you, you know, if you give them a hug, where are your hands lingering? Mm-hmm. How do they respond to that? Mm-hmm. Are they, you know, to what, to what degree are they inviting you in to keep your, like if you're lying on the couch together watching TV and you're rubbing their belly, are they uncomfortable with that? Are they sort of pulling away? Do they reposition themselves where you don't have reach or access? Like, oh, I think you can even start way before that. I think, let's say you're having dinner with, I, I usually have dinner with someone that I'm, I'm going to have sex with um, just because it's a way to relate to each other. It's where you have a conversation. It's public. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even if you're just, you know, Netflix and chill, what happens when you touch the hand? Like, or let's say we're at a, we're at a restaurant and I reach over and I'm, I touch their, I touch their arm to make a point. What happens on their face? Do they smile? Do they like that? Or did their face freeze? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. And the reason their fate fight face might freeze is a number of things like, oh, it's public. We don't do that in public. Well, that gives you a clue as to their level of comfort with various things. So I always start really super small or if I'm in an event, you know, I'm at, I'm at bigger Vegas or some sort of event. And I, I'm interested, but I'm not sure if they're interested because a lot of chubs have been taught to never be sexual because they're going to get laughed at. Mm-hmm. So I'll just put a hand on the shoulder, somewhere non-sexual, the shoulder, the forearm, and see what happens. Do they? Does it make them freeze? Does it make them closer? Does it make them smile? Does it make them warmer? Am I getting red light, green light? Am I getting yellow light? And just build from there so that not, you don't, by the time you get to the bedroom, you're pretty clear on how they feel. I think you can lay some groundwork um, even before you reach the touching phase if you really want to. During early phases, like during the first and second dates, like I'm looking for commonalities, right? I'm looking for things to talk about that we have in common. I may be uncomfortable initiating talking about my own body, but if I'm Mm. talking with a guy who initiates talking about his own body or his own the way he feels his body gets treated in the world. Good tip. I can then join mm-hmm. that conversation. Good tip. And you can tell how I feel about my body because now I'm participating in that conversation with you. Right. I, I can I just pose the, the alternate point of view on that particular mm-hmm. conversation for me. And maybe this is a, a consequence of doing this podcast and, you know, uh, you know, audience reactions so that I am hypersensitive to comparing or seeming to compare my experience as a chaser to the experience of a chub in the world. Like I am so, I try very hard not to make direct comparisons like that or to even to Making try and an relate. observation about your own experience is not a comparison. But yeah. people like yeah. people often take it that way is what I'm saying. Like people, like if I'm sitting in front of a chub and I say, man, I felt really uncomfortable about my body at the gym today. Like how many chubs are going to go? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, look at what I have to do. Like there's, that can be a trigger as easily as it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's in the phrasing though. I, I cause I, I, I agree with you, Don, but I think I also see your point, Michael. I would phrase it as like, you know, <clears throat> sometimes I don't, sometimes I don't feel great about my body. I think other people do, but you know, sometimes I'm not just not feeling it and just, you can be yeah. a little bit vague about it. You don't have to put mm-hmm. a point on it yep. and, because you're opening the door. That's all it is. And I'm hearing something you're stating about yourself. And now I can offer something that I feel comfortable in comparison to the extent that's been offered. And the other option, if you don't want to talk about yourself, you know, if you're a chaser and you do have serious body issues and you do not want to be the first to bring it up, mm-hmm. um, you could talk about a third party. You could talk about a, you know, a fat celebrity. You could talk about uh, a celebrity who's, who, you know, I mean, how does it feel to be Tom Holland, who is who is so fetishized and admired mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever? You know, I you thought can- this was re- very interesting. I heard this this week for the first time. Um, it's a question that black women will often ask their dates is the Beyonce question. Have you hmm. heard of this before? Mm-mm. This is a first for me. And apparently it's like a universally known thing among black women. What is it? But it's they'll ask their date. What the, what do you think about Beyonce? And oh. the way they respond, the way their positions are on a, a powerful black woman in charge of herself, right? Inf- it can inform them a lot about how that man may see women in the world, right? And That's it's, interesting. 
I, I feel I like, like we need our own Beyonce question, you know? Yeah. Something that I sometimes ask uh, if I'm on a date with a guy, I'll say, so what's your experience of Chasers been? Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's very fair. Yeah. That gives me a really good beat. Like, first of all, am I, <laughs> am I coming at this like they've had terrible experiences, but they're going to go again? Or are they like, oh, it's a mixed bag? And I'm like, oh, well, what worked, what didn't work? So that like, and I think they get that they're helping inform me of how they're going to have a better time than a worse time. Mm-hmm. I, I need to try and figure out a flip side. I've asked a couple of times, like newer chasers, like what their experience on bigger cities been. That's been my attempt to try and get that question across. And I think that's never worked for me. So I, I think it's to, a different I need to question. phrase it more closely to what you're talking about. Yeah. It's what's yeah. your, what, uh, you know, what's been, your, yeah. and I like what's your experience of chasers been or what's your experience mm-hmm. of Chubb's been because it opens the door to everything from, well, how many have you been with? Because they'll usually volunteer something mm-hmm. or something that gives you an indication. Like what's their sample size? Or like if it's been really bad, but they're going to keep trying anyway, or it, it, it opens the door for anything they want to volunteer. It's very open-ended. It's very general. And I think it works well. So just to kind of wrap up this particular question, like, you know, how, what are good ways to tell, a, like, to express admiration? I think it's, it's all, it's going to vary person to person. And it really is just about tuning into what they specifically are like in all of these different ways we've mentioned, mm-hmm. hopefully some of them help you actually navigate that. Cause it, it'll just, it'll vary. Uh, all right, Don, what's our next one? Uh, we have our next question on our dating list is seeking advice on finding love or at least regular hugs at 50 without feeling fetishized. <sighs> Lots to say. Hmm. Well, once or twice, let, 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 I'm okay. I'm going to go tangential for real quick. Once or twice being fetishized, it's not always terrible. Just once or twice. Just, <laughs> just t- dip your toe in there every once in a while. Context is everything. It yeah. can be yeah. good. It can be good. Yeah. You don't want that to be your regular meal every day, but you know, it's nice. It's nice. Well, what draws and my it, attention to that, Don, is it says <laughs> hugs without being fetishized. And the, the thing is, I can see where a hug could be fetishistic, where it's like copping a feel, where it's going to someplace mm-hmm. like I'm there. assuming they mean regular hugs, meaning um regular hookups, uh, sexual encounters. I don't not know. True. Oh, it's I didn't not take love. it that way at I all. Don't, I don't think so. Really? Oh, I, I think, think this is... Go ahead. Touch, go ahead. I, th- I think yeah. it's just, you know, they have like touch hunger. They want contact. Yeah. They want intimacy without it having to be sexual. Yeah, yeah. I kind of got that too. Although I can see how it, w- it could also be euphemistic, but I'm assuming because this is a write-in like question hopefully they're not making us guess what their euphemism is okay i I got it yeah as a like i want intimacy and i don't want it to always have to be some you know hardcore fetishistic sexual experience yeah that that thing of like you you want physical contact you may even want love and what you're getting is like i would love to fuck your fat ass right (laughs) the answer i've got i'm like you my friend i need touch i need touch in my life uh it's actually hard for me to connect with uh long term with with uh, uh, the touch free type because i i don't trust them you know it's uh, like i feel like they're withholding something so it's it's a personality type that yeah. that wants the touch more than others so my advice to you is if you're not getting that from the people you're around you need to start looking for people who are compatible with your need for touch which means and, you and need to express it express exactly that. You need the yeah. to express it that's Absolutely. what i was going to say cuz i think there are plenty yeah. It, maybe this isn't the most common thing, but I think there are plenty of chasers out there who might be walking in headfirst on a, in a sexual way because that's a lot of times what people use the apps for. And it doesn't mean that they're not available for something that's more intimate and non-sexual, mm-hmm. well, but and still And if you're close. not talking sexual, it doesn't have to be a chaser. You know, if like... Well, I mean, we're talking get about... that need. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, specifically, I think, we've taken sex out of the equation here. That was the part of it. Well, that, finding that, love, I think, implies yeah. some kind of eventual sexual chemistry. Um, my point was that you have to, as Dan said, you have to express it. Like, this has to be on some level talked about and agreed upon because a chaser who's walking into something going like, yeah, like, we're going to have a great hookup. If they don't know that you're looking for something else or that you would invite something else, they didn't never have the opportunity to then go there with you. They may, they may just not know. Now I'm sure plenty of chasers will ignore you or won't care. They'll be a douchebag. They won't, you know, whatever they'll block you if they hear that you're not looking to get your ass fucked hard, but somebody out there is, and they just, you might have to let them know. Yeah. I'm also, I want to interrogate the word fetishized. I'm always, 
I always want to press for what the person means when they say that, because there, there is a thing where, yeah, you're being disrespected as a human being and used as a sexual object. And you, you know, and, and if that's what it is, then you can enjoy that or not enjoy that to whatever extent you do. But then there's also the other side of that where I have seen it true with a lot of chubs that they feel they're being fetishized just because someone likes their body. And because their body is fat, they deem it a fetish. It's sort of part of that. I wouldn't be a, I wouldn't be a member of a club who would have me as a member. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm not saying that's all the time, but I'm saying when someone uses the word, I like to check in and see what exactly is being meant by that word. So we've talked about the fetishization and the want for hugs. And I think to really get that on a regular basis with people who from community and with the potential of a relationship down the line, I think you might have to break down some barriers you may have around touch and intimacy Mm. and what is, uh, you know, getting comfortable with kind of erogenous zones that like that you might have resistance to. And just if you're getting regular hugs from a chaser, uh, you know, or getting hugs from a chaser on a regular basis, there may be more contact with, you know, your love handles, your belly, your, you know, places that in the past have been abused. Mm, Good point. Yeah. I, I think I'm starting to understand the construction of this a little better. And this actually ties back to something Don said in part one, where he went on the date with the guy and then you guys went back to the bedroom. Then he was just like immediately pantsless ass up. And I think (laughs) the way this is phrased, like seeking advice and finding love or at least regular hugs at 50 without being fetishized. Like, I think the person isn't necessarily even resistant to like eventual sexual contact. I think they just want the order of events to be there. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, start with a date. And then move on to like some light contact, like hugging, and then move on to a kiss and then move on to making out and then move on to actual sex. Like Mm -hmm. some, I think maybe part of this is just, we've skipped a bunch of courtship steps that I want, that I value, that lets me feel like we're building up to something valuable instead of just jumping straight into fucking. And now I just feel like I'm being used. And, And maybe part of it is just like, I want the full experience, including non-sexual intimate contact that yeah. that could lead somewhere or maybe it doesn't have to. Yeah, it's it's all inside of that word fetishized as what exactly is the experience there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh which if that's the case, I mean, I think it's it's just a matter of matching, you know, matching somebody who also wants that, which requires communication and maybe a little bit of luck. Dan, why don't you bring us home? Okay. <laughs> I love that Dan's the one who yeah. has this question. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so our listener asks, what, what's been your favorite Valentine experience so far? Huh. I remember our worst. That's easy. Um, we were talking about that just last night. Um, I just like simplicity. I like intimacy. I like the staying home. And I mean, my, my fear is that what I like best is just boring the shit out of my partner. <laughs> that's my, that's my biggest fear. I think a lot of us are afraid of that for Valentine's mm. Day. That's a very common fear. Well, cause it invites pressure to have to go do yep. a big thing. It's like, it's Valentine's Day. We got to go do something. Well, it's no, synonymous with terror of not living up to expectations. Well, and plus Trevor and I are on record for many of these episodes of saying that the, our, you know, our, our worst experience of Valentine's Day is going out to a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's never, 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 it never, was, never. It was like the worst menu for us. And I think we were at the worst table we in were. the restaurant. <laughs> I, we were between the bathroom and the kitchen of the and, restaurant. And it wasn't, I don't even blame the restaurant. I blame the institution of Valentine's Day dinners at restaurants. Because it's this off, it's this prefix menu. It's basically trying to get everybody in and out with one menu for as much money as possible, as fast as possible. <laughs> it's like, I, no, please God, no. So what will, we do, so I'm just, just <laughs> to answer the question, then I'll let you go, Michael. Yeah, yeah. like the actual <laughs> question was, what was your best experience? <laughs> and so our best experience, our best experience has been, and I think this is what we're going to do this year. Trevor and I both really like high tea, like tea and little sandwiches. And so we're going to do something simple and homey that involves tea and me making scones and maybe Trevor Trevor making a sandwich or two, provided I can use my gums because they're still (laughs) healing from surgery. (laughs) Uh, 
but yeah, just something really, something that we both enjoy that's intimate and simple because we like intimate and simple. Yeah, I like that. I have had, I think really just two like good, like I can think back and go like, yeah, two good Valentine's because almost all of my Valentine's days have been spent apart, whether it's mm. because there's been a lot of long distance dating or like in this case, I have to fly out of town for work this Valentine's day. And so I just won't be here. So we have to figure out something else to do that's, you know, around it. Uh, but I, one of them was just dinner now. And I kind of wanted to say this earlier, like we're, you know, <laughs> we're talking about dinner in Los Angeles, in West Hollywood, right? not everyone's going to be in a big city trying to get a Valentine. I think there are probably plenty of restaurants and plenty of other places where you can go out and have uh, an amazing time uh, I, because I have done that before. I've okay. had, now, I have also done the opposite. I went out to a place called Ammo, which does, is, doesn't exist in LA anymore. <laughs> and it was terrible. And it was exactly what Trevor and Dan just described. But I also went to uh, somewhere in a much, much smaller town um, for a different Valentine's Day with a different person. And it was a great time. Like, it was a nice restaurant. It was full, but everyone was having a good time. And it was just, it was just a nice night out. Um, I also had a Valentine's Day. I've mentioned this before, but uh, bears repeating. Uh, my ex from many, many years, like a decade ago or, or more, uh, knew that I was like obsessed with Marilyn Monroe at the time. And so he went and found a Marilyn Monroe tour of Los Angeles, mm. uh, that like a bus tour run by somebody who's like obsessed and like knows all of the little secrets and things. And Marilyn Monroe grew up in LA mostly. So like she's lived everywhere. And so you kind of get to see like her life. And that was just a really good, like understanding and experience that I would never have thought to go out and find for myself, but that I really enjoyed because that's, that was an obsession of mine at the time. Um, I don't think Valentine's Day has to be either of those two things to be enjoyable, but those were, those were good ones for me. I think if I were going to give advice on it, I would just say like, find something that the both of you really love to do. I don't care if it's a movie or tea or just something you both love and make that an activity for Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I think that I, have we, have we reached we the We have end covered of our, our list. In we have checked it twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a little bit today. As we celebrate Valentine's Day in a few days, and I hope that all of our listeners are enjoying chocolates and flowers and all sorts of lovely things, I, I think we should make people aware that the traditional gifts of chocolate and flowers have not always been the symbols of love that they are nope. today. There have been other gifts that people used to give that meant romance back in the day. Um, so in medieval times, for example, a gift you literally made yourself was considered the height of love right? Something you literally made yourself. Which of the following was a common romantic gift in the time period? A common one. In, one. in which era? Uh, which... Medieval, medieval England. Okay. 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 One, lace made of your own hair. Ooh. Two, beer made with your own spit. What? Three, sausage made with your own sweat. Oh. Or four, a vial of your blood. If this is one of those, like, you know, five all of the above answers, I swear to God. <laughs> um, I, it might be a bit vampiric, but I like the blood idea. That's a that's a great gift. Uh, uh, I want to I'm going to say this bit beer only because I want to follow up. I, I, I'm hoping that you'll be like, that was from something else. OK, well, I, I've seen Midsummer, so I'm going to go out on a limb and say blood although sweat sausage is also up there <laughs> so yummy but right, I, i'm we, gonna say blood also right, I we got I blood like and we got sausage made with sweat but in fact the real answer is get out your knitting needles people oh no it's lace hair. made of your own hair lace hair. Uh, there are examples of these in museums all over the place it's very interesting but uh, and it looks kind of horrible but i wonder if maybe when they were new and fresh they looked good um, <laughs> anyway moving on yeah, uh, I, I just I know, sorry, sorry, sorry. I just what do you do with it once you get it? Like, is it a doily? Is it a coaster? What do what do you do uh, with lace? Lace used to be a very common thing for adornment on everything. It was yeah, like the yeah. one thing they so had. You, so, so you wear it, okay? Yeah, clothing, furniture covers, like all that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I just imagined <laughs> a guy has his like little, you know, hair lace pocket square thing. 
And the, you know, his friend's like, oh, where did you get that? And then we pan over to his girlfriend who just has a huge bald smile <laughs> in her hair. <laughs> oh, well, it, gives new, look on her it gives new meaning to the word hair shirt. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's a right. bloody patch. Uh, Here's one that most of us haven't heard of before. Maple leaves have been a symbol of true love in China and Japan for centuries, but they're not the only ones who do think that. North American settlers would do what with maple leaves to encourage sexual pleasure? This according to marriage.com, by the way. I feel like I have to attribute this to someone because (laughs) I wasn't able to verify this one on many sites. All right. One, they would line their underwear with the maple leaves. Two, they would use maple leaves to freshen their breath and teeth. Three. They would pr- place maple leaves at the foot of their beds, or four, they would brew them as an aphrodisiac. Like, is it tea? What, what era is this again? Uh, American settlement. North American settlers would do this. Okay. So, like a few hundred years ago. Yep. And Dan, hmm. to answer your question, yes, like a maple leaf tea. Hmm. I'm going to say um, put them at the foot of their bed. That seems logical, although... I mean, when those leaves dry, when maple leaves dry up, they get crunchy as hell. That seem uh, that would be a that'd be a mess. Not that people wouldn't necessarily do it, but I'm gonna say tea. I think I think you could make a I think you could make a good like a maple tea. Right? I'm gonna say I think it's a tea or a breath freshener. I'm gonna go with breath breath freshener just to. Be, I mean, I am not. Ca- I want to assure you, and I am not Canadian, so I'm not an expert in this. But I'm a breath <laughs> freshener. Well, gentlemen, you should know by now to always go with treasure, Trevor. They would, in fact, put them at the foot of their bed. Holy shit. Um, it was a symbolic thing. Apparently, like the sweetness of the maple uh, was something they wanted to bring into their lovemaking and their lives. It's like Canadian okay. cedar. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Going back to medieval England, uh, women would present a very special apple that she had prepared to a man that she desired. How? Was that apple oh boy. prepared? Oh, my God. Are you ready? All right. Trevor, the first one's for you. The apple chewed it into a mash and brewed it into a cider. Two, the woman held it in her armpit for most of the day before giving it to the man. Three, the apple was stewed with wine and cloves. Or four, it was baked inside a cake made of eggs, flour, and garlic. <laughs> um, I'm going with the... The the nice one. <laughs> Which one's Which the nice one? Which one is that? Yeah. Isn't that the one the where stewed? This it's a it's a stewed apple. Yeah. Okay. Stewed apple with wine and cloves. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with the chewed up and spat out just because it's gross and <laughs> uh I'll go with armpit. Why not? <laughs> Let's see. Gentlemen, I've always told you if you want to get things right, you have to go along with Michael. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, no. no. Yes, the tradition was the woman would have the arm, the uh, apple under her armpit for most of the day, and then give it to the man so that he would have her scent after he ate it. Oh, her uh, apple stink. So this this tradition actually oh, continued boy. up until Elizabethan England, and then it transformed. Oh. In, during the Elizabethan period, women did away with the apple and would just do a apple slice. Ugh. And during a ball. Or a dance of some sort, it would be very common for the woman to have a slice of the apple under her armpit to give to oh. her companion at the end of the night. I was cool. thinking, boy, I, I thought it was going to change and go somewhere else because it's oh, an no. apple slice. <laughs> no, no, no. All right. No. Our next question. Throwing the garter belt is one of the most iconic emblems of the modern wedding, making the garter belt sort of a weird symbol of love in our world. But this is descended from what? European tradition. One, the public bedding of the married couple. Two, pieces of wedding dresses being good luck. Three, prima nocta, the Lord's first dibs on any wife. Or four, the dowry tradition. Uh, Public bedding. Public bedding? Like hanging the sheets out the window. All right. I'm going to go with public bedding too. Sorry, I was just thinking about a super chub garter belt <laughs> and just how like, thinking about how huge my garter belt would be uh, otherwise known as a belt. <laughs> uh, sure. Let's all go down with the same ship, uh, public betting. 
All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to give all of you a half point then, because that's kind of adjacent. The, the actual answer is pieces of the wedding dresses were good luck. Um, no. Part of the public betting process involved the couple's clothing literally being torn off their body as they were being dragged to the, uh, the wedding, the, to the wedding bed. But pieces of the clothing of the, of the bride was considered to be good luck for the huh. year to come. So the, that has been reduced because wedding, if you, I dare you to try and rip apart a modern wedding dress and <laughs> yeah. see how the bride feels about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, please, so, like he's yeah. going to wear it again. <laughs> All right. Possible. Well, we've, we've reached the end of our, by the way, I've, I've been wanting to make this joke and Trevor even wrote it in our outline, our 169th episode. Nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> perfectly fitting mm -hmm. uh i would say um because we're 169ing <laughs> <laughs> well there's the one person who's who's just watching um <laughs> trevor if if uh listeners wanted to nope Bad segue. Not going to say that one. <laughs> Send us your garter belts. <laughs> um, if, if listeners wanted to send us their garter belts, uh, where could they do that? We're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there. Leave us five stars everywhere. I think we're on YouTube Music Map too. Whatever. Yes. Thumbs we up. We are on there. <laughs> subscribe. Like, share, subscribe. Um, the, the support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash bigfatgaypod. See the articles we talked about at bigfatgaypod.com, baby. I, I thought you were going to say smash that like button. I was to get very angry. <laughs> smash it. Maybe smash. you're smash enjoying your, you've reached the end of your <laughs> box of giant box of chocolates. The bubbles have faded. The bathwater is kind of tepid and you feel something in the box. Oh. <laughs> oh no, it's it's Peppo, the Italian elf from the Christmas episode. <laughs> Watch out. Oh my god. <laughs> what a weird note to end on. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Happy, Happy Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day.